Is everyone ready for Valentine's Day? That's tomorrow. I don't know if y'all know that, right? Like, to Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Thank it's you, sir. It's our oldest birthday, too. Yeah. Our, He's turning uh, nine tomorrow. We're halfway to 18, and I can't handle it. Thank you, Joey. Y'all give Joey a hand. Yeah. He's, uh, he's my Vanna White right now, baby. Come on. <laughs> that looks so crazy. It does. It'll make sense in a second. Well, hey, we're starting a new series today. Or not a new series. It should be a series, but hey, it's Valentine's tomorrow. So we wanted to talk about relationships. We want to talk about marriage in particular. So if you're in here and you're not married... Totally cool. All right. So here's what our goal is for you though today. Get some tools in your tool belt. All right. So you might not be married, but I've not ever met a person. There are people out there that don't want to get married. That's fine. I've not met one of those people. Most people that I know, they want to get married. And everyone that I know that is married or wants to be married wants to have a healthy marriage. Is that true? Come on. How many of y'all know marriage is not like it looks like in like Disney movies. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a walk in the park. It's not easy. In fact, our first year of marriage was our worst year of marriage. Let me just tell you right now, we were supposed to be in love and we were in love and we are in love. Our first year of marriage was awful. I'm just gonna be honest, we fought. We did not all. follow any of these guidelines. We no. broke every one of them. Well, not everyone, but most of them. And it, I, I wasn't planning on doing this. She, and I hate not having a stool. This is driving Y'all me crazy. Y'all bear with right us. Now, yeah. We have stools being or they've been ordered, yeah. but they won't get here in time. So um, I'm fine. He I know. It, I know. It'll be fine. Uh, but when we got married, we had been best friends since the eighth grade. I don't know if you know that about us. We've, we've known each other for so long. And when we got married, we already knew how to really press the other one's buttons. You know, like we knew when and it was... we were young. Yeah, we very were 21. young. Like that's really young. Very young, very immature. So yeah. when we fought, it was like, I'm going to slice your throat with my words right now. I'm just going to go for it. We're going to go hard. And we did. We went hard. Uh, but Jesus actually said these words about marriage. Oh, oh, I got to make sure that don't turn off on me, right? Give me one second, guys. Sorry. Super professional up here. This yeast, and all, that's all I can smell. I'm like, is there bread? I can't smell right now. Is that bad? He I'm can joking. never smell. He's fine. He's fine. It's allergies. <laughs> let's, look at this, let's look at this verse together. <laughs> oh, there's Jesus. <laughs> we got, he didn't uh, say what he was I'll, about. I'll read it. I'll figure that out back there. Oh, there we go. Perfect. And Jesus said this. He says, and the two are united into one. Y'all say one. One. Into one. Since they are no longer two, but one. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Now, we hear that verse about marriage, and we're like, oh, two become one. That's so romantic, right? Like, oh, that's so beautiful. Uh, the, these two couples are going to fall in love. They're going to marry each other. They're going to have beautiful babies. Nothing's ever going to go wrong. But how many of y'all know that when two become one, it's actually not beautiful most of the time. It's actually kind of hard. Am I preaching to anybody right now? Now, listen, here's why this is such a big deal. I'm going to get this mixed in a little bit. Y'all pray for this right now. <laughs> it happened at our house yesterday. So a lot, here's what happens, is whenever you get married, one of you, you're going you're to look like this, all right? We're going to call this the, uh, the boys because it's blue, Okay. <laughs> And you come into marriage, and when you come into marriage, you have your way of doing things, right? Like, you have your way that you, you get ready in the morning, your routine. You have your way of communicating and fighting with somebody. My family, we just shouted at each other, right, until, like, the, someone was tired. And then you would just stop fighting. Her family would, would uh, 
shut down, not shut down, but like go, they need some space to like think. I hate that. And so I'm like knocking the door down. Like, no, we're talking right now. Right. That's <laughs> to this day, I'm, it's still a struggle. I'm yeah. Like, I just need a second. I just <laughs> no, need a second. This, this happened a few weeks ago. Uh, but <laughs> I, this is how we, we, we bring in our, our recipes, right? Like my mom cooks eggs like this. And when you get married, men, let me just go ahead and tell you, if you're not married, never say, that doesn't taste like my mom's blank. All right, so don't ever do that. But you come in with your way of like uh, how we're going to handle money. Yeah. We're going to come in with our way of like, okay, what time do you go to bed, right? Like we're going to come in, this is going to hit somebody. We're going to come in with our way of loading the dishwasher, you know? Who knew well, that, that, that was scream. our biggest fight. I mean, we would scream fight about the dishwasher, like oh, our yeah. first year. It, the most ridiculous right. thing. If we would like, okay, who does the dishes? Who's doing the yard work? Right, we're coming in with this, and so we we add this to the marriage cup here, and we're like, oh baby, I brought my half to this thing, right? Like, man, this is gonna be great. And then the wife comes along; she's much prettier than this depicts right now. But then <laughs> they have their family traditions. They have their way of cooking eggs. They have their way of loading the dishwasher. That's wrong. The superior right? way. And then you do what? The superior way. Yeah, that is good. That's good. They have their way of communicating. They have their way of fighting. They have their expectations. They have their thoughts on how, who should raise the kids and how many kids they should have and all this stuff. And wouldn't you know that when you add the two together, it doesn't look anything like you thought it would look. In fact, it turns into something like very different. And all of a sudden, instead of just meshing together, it overflows. If you can't see this right now, it's hot. It's really gross. It's kind of slimy. And all of a sudden, you have all these problems that arise when you mix the two, and they become one. And then you're left with like, man, I thought this marriage was supposed to be happy, right? Like, I thought that this marriage was supposed to be beautiful. I thought that we were going to live happily ever after. But instead, you kind of made a mess with your marriage. And you're like, how in the heck are we going to become one? All right, so that, that I want to let you know, that is the goal of the Bible. That is the goal to have a biblical marriage is for you, two different people, to come together and be one. But that's hard work. And it probably doesn't pan out the way that you want. So today, our goal is to help you figure out how are you two going to become one? Mm -hmm. How can you, even if you're single, become one with somebody else whenever that time comes? And so I'm going to give you a quick flyover of what we're going to do. The first thing you got to do is you got to seek the one with your two. You got to seek the one with your two. The second thing is you got to fight fair. We're going to give you some ground rules on how to fight. We're going to, we, the Oasis Fight Club is about to start, okay? All right, the next thing, you got to have fun. You have to stay pure, and you never give up. That is how you take two, and you become one. Yep. So we're going to start with the seek the one with your two. This is, if, if this doesn't go right. Let me say one thing. Oh, Get your notes out and write down on this one because this is a very practical yeah. message, okay? Get your phones, right? This is typically, it's a lot more spiritual th- th- uh, on our messages, but this is very practical. That's, yeah. I forgot to well, say Well, and that. I'll, I'll um, preface this by saying, like, we're not 
speaking this out of a place of perfection. Like these are things that we're working out amongst ourselves too. And this is not something like these are things to work towards. If, if you hear this and you're like, oh, that's not what my marriage is. This isn't condemning. This is, hey, here's what you can do to make it better. I just want to start there. Okay. So seek the one with your two. We're going to start there because if this isn't right, the rest of them won't matter. So we're going to talk about what this math equation is. Um, what I mean is God is your one your spouse is your two. That's important because if you have something else in the one place, it's not gonna work out. A lot of times we would say, of course God's in my one place. Of course God's number one. But in reality, you've put something else there, be it your kids, your career, your dreams, your vacation plans, your um, aspirations, or your spouse is your number one. And whenever that's the case, it's never, it's never going to work out. Because when you put something in your number one, you are worshiping that. It's become your idol. And idols can't, they can't meet your expectations. They can't meet all of the needs that God meets. And so whenever you, whenever I put Clint in, on top, when he's in number one, I'm constantly disappointed in him because he is not God. He is wonderful, but he is not God. So if, you, if God is not your number one, then nothing else will work. So you have to make God your number one first. And then your spouse has to be your number two. Nothing else can come before them. Like it's God number one, and then it's your spouse. It's not our kids. It's not our, it's not the church. We love you guys, but like he's more important than you guys. Um, it's not, some people, it's not your family. It's not your family of origin. Like you leave and cleave, baby, you're gone. Like this is like, this is your family. Your spouse has to be your number two. Um, so, so we're saying to seek God with your spouse is what that is. It's just a catchy way of saying it. Um, and what does it look like to seek God with your spouse? We're going to give you guys some, some practical ideas. Number one, it, read God's word together. And if it feels weird to like sit down and like read the Bible together, that's cool. Read it on your own, but then talk about it. Have each other be a part of what God is teaching you. Um, Number two, worship God together regularly at church and in your home. Like sometimes when we're in a funk, we just stop, turn off the TV, let's turn on some worship music and go about our day because that, that resets your mind. Um, did that the other day, actually, did. Yeah. on Thursday. That was me. She came home and we had worship music up in that house. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was in that house when she came home because I needed it. I needed to happen. Yes. Uh, engage with other friends who follow Jesus regularly. And how do you do that? Groups. Groups is the easiest way to do that. You're going to meet people. And sure, you might be in a women's group or a men's group, but you're still going to meet other people who are following Jesus and pursuing Jesus together. And that is important to have friends who are pointing you to Jesus. Um, use your gifts to serve together at church. If you don't know your gift, come to Growth Track. We talk about it. But you know what? Like, guys, if you are not married, this uh, I am not saying that you are less than or anything. But when you're married, God has put you with that person to do something that you cannot do by yourself. Like there is a reason that God has you together. There's something powerful that he can do with you together that he can't do with you by yourself. Um, so seek that, ask God what that is, find it and then live it out. Um, Lead your kids toward the values of God's kingdom. Do that together. If you guys have kids in the kids ministry, every single week you get a parent cue card. And that cue card has everything that they are learning that you can talk to them about. And they also have something, it's like a full sheet of paper. It's called a God time card or a God time sheet. I don't know, God time. And it's like little daily devotionals that they can do by themselves if they can read. And if they can't read, you can do it with them. Um, but, but make God the focus of your family. Lead your children towards him and develop spiritual values as a family. So pick one or two of those things, start practicing on it, see how it changes. So those, that's, those are like options to kind of pick out. But there's one thing that everybody in this room 
needs to do. You need to pray together every single day. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. This is something that we've established a long time ago. I don't even know. And some we've been married. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I fall asleep. I fall asleep. Like, if I'm going to fall asleep, I fall asleep like that. So it's like, there's nights that we don't pray because I fall asleep before we get a chance to. But there's some nights that I'm like, hey, wake up. Let's pray. <laughs> um, but it doesn't have to be long, drawn out, like these thou's, thy's, like passionate prayer. But make praying a priority. Pray together, even if it's 30 seconds before bed. Just, God, thank you so much. Like, this is what's going on. These are our needs. This is what you're doing. Amen. Like, just make that a priority together. Yeah, some of our marriages might be struggling here, which ours has gone through seasons where we struggle. And it's like, we feel like we're just on two different pages. We're out of sync. And you know how that, like, in your house, whenever that happens, there's just something restless in you that's like, something's just not right here. You know, and most of the time, prayer will fix that. So if you can make prayer a daily habit where you get, literally, start where you are. If, the, if you're a dude in here, which most dudes in here, this would freak out. If you're a dude in here and you're like, ooh, that sounds, I don't want to be weird. You don't have to be weird. Here's what it looks like. God, help us today. God, I pray we honor you with everything we do. Amen. Boom. You're done. But what that does is that gets the focus off of you and your needs and everything that you want and all the stuff you're frustrated about, and it puts it off, and we go, hey, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. If we do anything, we're going to pray together every single day. Start where you are and go from there. All right, point number two is fight fair. Fight fair. How many people in here have a perfect marriage and you've never fought before? Great. So you're in a great company right now, right? Because it's not a matter of if you fight. It's a matter of when you fight. And let me just tell you, how you fight matters. All of us are going to fight. All of our couples in here, you're going to have a spat. You're going to have an argument. You're going to have a disagreement. Now, the interesting thing is, how does your spouse you know, fight, and how do you fight? This is very different between, we got in this a little bit, but whenever we get into an argument, she likes to go into another room by herself and process it. That drives me insane. I'm talking, I'm like, she leaves the, you know, the room and goes in the room and I'm like, she's going to leave me. Like, I've done it now, you know? And I'm like, my brain's going, I got to talk about this right now. I can't handle it. And so I'll go in the room and then it makes things worse. And all of a sudden we get caught in this crazy cycle, right? Of like, of just going, we're just driving each other crazy. We've had to learn like, okay, when we fight, it's not an opportunity to win. It's an opportunity to come together and hear each other. And that's something that you got to remember is like, when you fight with your spouse, it's not about winning. I've heard someone say this before, like in a marriage, you can either be right or you can be happy. Some of us fight because we want to be right. And in that moment, it's not really about that. It's about, man, how can we fight fair? And so a a little bit, a few weeks ago, Steph and I got into a pretty big argument, probably one of the bigger ones we've ever had. And so it was about church. I'll just tell you right now, I'll tell you what it was about. It was about church and it was the, when it was supposed to blizzard on our launch day, we have differing opinions about what we should have done, right? About We had come to a consensus. Yeah, we had, and then I changed my mind, okay? So I was, we had said something and I was like, I don't know, babe, I don't think we should do that. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was stressful. We were tired, we were overworked and it was a perfect recipe just to have a good old fashioned shouting match, right? And that's what it turned into. And at the end of it, you know, in our first year of marriage, we would have probably been mad at each other for weeks. Uh, and then now at the end of that day, we were able to talk 
that other stuff came up because it's never about the thing that you're fighting about, by the way. <laughs> other things came up and it was, it was, helped us be able to talk about it in a civilized way and then to learn. And since then, it's been really great. That's the goal of fighting. It's not an opportunity to be right. It's an opportunity to hear what the other person is saying. That's right. Oh, I thought you were going to... Never mind. I, got, I, got, I, doing? I thought you were going to read that because it was highlighted for you. Oh, it was? Here, I'll read it. Later, <laughs> sure. All right, here's what the Bible says in James chapter 1. It says, understand this. Okay, don't just read this, but like understand this. My, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be all quick. Y'all say quick. Quick. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires for your life. The for your life, I added that at the end. But it's not what God wants for you. He wants you to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to get angry. So we're going to break that down about like, what does that mean in relationships? So quick to listen when a fight is brewing and you kind of feel it happening and tempers are rising, like that's a time to listen, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what the person is actually saying, because odds are good. Like Clint was saying, my blow up wasn't because it, it wasn't just because of him changing his mind. It was all of this rooted stuff that like got brought back up and tossed around. So when we were able to stop and like he was able to listen to what I was actually saying, um, it helped us understand each other better. You don't listen to the tone. Don't listen to the volume. Listen to what they're actually saying. Like, because most fights are a miscommunication, an unmet expectation, um, an accidental hurt because your spouse loves you. They're not trying to hurt you. Like that's what I have to keep telling myself. He does it. It's an accident if he hurts me. Um, but you need to be listening for what they're actually saying. Um, slow to speak is even harder than listening. So slow to speak, that just means like when you are in an argument, you probably have things you want to say. You're like, oh, I got it now. Like you, you brew it up and you're ready to. Stephanie's a great arguer. She's way quicker than I am. So she can <laughs> put out a point and I'm like, ah, just yeah. Right? Like, that's just how I am, whatever it um, But, so, we need to, whenever we're responding, we need to t- ask ourselves two questions. One, should what I'm thinking be said? Is it going to help the conversation? Is it going to help my spouse? Um, is it going to help our relationship? And number two, if it should be said, should it be said right now? Which is where I typically struggle. Like, I'll have something and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to say it. And then the Holy Spirit will be like, check yourself. And I'm like, okay, okay. But, and then I say it anyways, and it never goes well, but that's, you have to ask yourself, should what I'm thinking be said? And if it should, should it be said right now in the heat of the moment? Like, is that going to help us? Um, And then slow to anger. If you can do the first two things, your soul is probably going to be a lot slower to anger anyways, because you, you are under, you're listening to understand you're fighting, you're fighting the the problem, not each other. Yeah. Like that's, that's the goal is to fight the problem together, not each other. But we're going to give you some ground rules. This is the, this is good. This is the fight club rules. So yes. write these down. Cause I think they're pretty awesome. Yes. Number one, never call names. You don't need to speak a name over your spouse because names have power and they don't need to be spoken over your, your spouse. Uh, number two, never raise your voice. I am not great at that. I'm the so, one that typically raises my voice first. Um, but, but never raise your voice because that's when things escalate. Uh, number three, never get historical. Don't bring up things from the past and throw it at them like past mistakes or past hurts or past whatever. Don't throw those out at your spouse's face in the heat of the moment. Uh, 
Number four, never use words like never or always. So I'm using never, but you know, in a fight, never use the words like never or always because they're, they're never true. Like I can't be like, you never load the dishwasher. You never take out the trash. You blah, 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 blah. Like he does all of those things. Like it might not be always how I want it to be, but he does them. Um, number five, never threaten divorce. Divorce is not a card to be pushed out to, to scare someone. Um, don't, don't drop it. Don't drop that word. Uh, and number six, never quote your pastor during a fight. Yeah, that's please. the most important <laughs> one right there. Don't quote me or Stephanie while you're fighting, all right? Because I ain't getting in the middle of that. All right, as I can tell you right now. Hey, uh, but we also recognize that uh, there are some marriages, and they might be represented in this room, okay? And you might be beyond the point where these might not do a lot, and you might need some extra help in your marriage. Let me just say this. First of all, if that's you, Get the help you need, and we'll help you find it. If you can't afford it, we will do whatever we can to help with that as well. We want strong marriages at this church. And if you don't have one yet and you're struggling right now, please listen to this next part, okay? This is not to shame. This is maybe to shed some light so that you can get the help you need so you can have a healthy marriage. Because here's what I know. There is nothing, nothing, and I believe this with my whole heart, there is nothing in your marriage that God cannot fix, there's not a person too broken. There's not a relationship too broken. He can fix anything. I've seen it with my eyes. So I'm going to give you four scenarios that if you're dealing with some of these or one of these, you might want to consider getting some extra help in your marriage, okay? The first one is this. If you find yourself criticizing your spouse, what that means is you express your disapproval of someone else's character or decisions. Like, come on, you always make us late. You always blah, blah, blah. Come on, you and you're, you have a critical spirit about you. Let me just tell you, that is a root of something else that's going on, and we need to address it. The second one is contempt, uh, and I'm just going to read this. You don't respect or value your spouse's opinion, or perhaps even your spouse. You somehow feel your spouse doesn't deserve you, or you've decided they're not good enough for you. Content often manifests it in visible or audible ways. When you say something, your spouse groans or rolls their eyes. Uh, they may speak to you with sarcasm or disdain. So if that's like constant and it's not flirty and it's not like a little bit of playful, if that's kind of serious, like you really just can't stand being around your spouse, you can't stand their ideas, or if your other spouse feels that way, you know, I want to look at, the, uh, look at getting some, maybe some counseling or some extra help. The third thing is defensiveness. At least one spouse, or maybe even both, refuses to res- uh, accept any responsibility for the challenges facing in the relationship. Like, but you don't, but it's not me, it's, it's, it's him. He's the one that's always, or she just always does this, she can't, Okay, defensiveness, if you can't accept, you might not be 100% responsible, but you're 100%, 100% responsible for the part that you play. So just know that defensiveness, the, the fourth one is stonewalling. And I'm just going to read this as well. Stonewalling is a passive-aggressive method used by immature people to force getting their way. A person who stonewalls either may have already given up on the relationship entirely, or they're hoping they can just hold on until the present crisis blows over, right? Hey, I'm, they're, they're not going to speak to you. They're not going to look at you. They're just going to sit there, and they're not going to. They're going to avoid it. They're just going to hold on until this thing blows over, or they've just given up entirely. If that's if any of those four describe you, 
I'm not saying that to shame you. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm telling you that so that we can get you the help that you need so that you can have a healthy marriage. Because if we have a healthy marriage, we can have healthy families. If we can have healthy families, man, this next generation can be full of warriors, right? For God, that's what we want for you. So that kind of wraps up the fight fair portion. That's right. So we have seek the one with your two, fight fair. Number three is have fun, this is my favorite. Have fun. That's something that I feel like we're actually, this is not one that we have to struggle at too much. Um. <laughs> she let me have fun this week. I forgot about this. I had a really oh, yeah. long week with some, this is a fun little example. We're, I'm not going to get into all that. I had a really emotional week. Everything's great. Nothing bad happened, actually. I just had to work through some stuff that wasn't very fun. And I'm the type of person that like, if that happens, I need to go do something fun to make up for it. And I looked at her, I'm like, you're going to hate this because she doesn't like not planning stuff. I need to go do an escape room tonight. I need to go have fun. And guess what? We went and did an escape room that night, it was, and we got out, baby. That's what I'm talking about. But it was very, very fun. So, it was fun. Thank you. You are so welcome. But when was the last time that you did something fun with your spouse solely, solely to have fun together? That's it. No kids. No, I mean, you can bring friends, but like, when was the last time that you just went to go have fun like you did when you were kids, right? Um, and ladies in the room, this is something that I've learned. Like, this is important to your husband. It, sometimes it's even more important than sex. Like, it's, they need to feel like you are their partner. Like, there's times that I'm like, I don't want to go axe throwing. And Clint's like, but I do, and I want to do it with you. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so like, we'll, we'll go and I'll do it. But there are things like he would rather do stuff with me than with his friends because he wants to experience it with me and have fun with me. Um, so these are some of the things that you can do together. These are some ideas. Go on an adventure. Be spontaneous. Like, and if you're not spontaneous, plan to be spontaneous. Sometimes we do that. Like, if we're driving somewhere without kids, he's like, hey, I want to do something on the way, like, to where we're going. So just just be thinking, maybe you can plan the spontaneous thing that we're doing, like, on the way in the car, wherever we're driving. Um, go to an escape room. If y'all have not been to an escape room, get you a couple friends and go to the escape game in Nashville. There's one at Opry Mills. I mean, I was, Disney World. I was crawling so in a tunnel. Like, I was With like, a skeleton. Yeah, I was, was like, awful. Kevin, somebody's gonna kill me. You gotta get in here. Like, <laughs> it was, it's so much fun. You feel like a kid. I felt like I was Indiana Jones. It was fantastic. So, <laughs> Do it. It's so much fun. Um, go axe throwing. We've been axe throwing with the dentist. I stink at it. I am not good at it, but it is fun and, and you will a have dangerous. a good time. It's very fun. A little yeah. bit. Um, maybe out, like maybe the outdoors is your thing. Go hiking, just the two of you. Drop your kids off. Drop your kids off at our house. We'll watch the kids for your marriage. It's fine. Oh, like, hold up now. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but go, go hiking. Go get, get out in the group and, and ask one of them to watch. <laughs> <laughs> get out in nature and just be together in God's creations. Um, or play some board games. Board games are fun. They get a little competitive. Like you can poke fun at each other. Um, we're very competitive. We've had to say when we play board games, our marriage is off. Okay. Like we just <laughs> are going to go for the throat. That's our time to be competitive and do all that. There's also a place in East Nashville. I don't know if, if y'all like board games. We do. Um, there's a place in East Nashville called Game Point. It's a coffee shop and they have like a whole wall of hundreds of board games. Yeah. You can just go pick out a board game, go play it, put it up and then leave. It's right next to Five Points Pizza, if y'all know where that is. So it's, that's it's awesome. really great. Like, because sometimes you think dates and you're like, I don't have a budget for a date night every week. Like, if I have to pay a babysitter, that was our thing in Florida. I was like, we go on a dinner to dinner and a movie with a babysitter, it's $150. Like, we don't have that every week. So we would find cheap things. But if you go to, like, Game Point, that's 
six bucks for a couple coffees and you can play games for a few hours. It's fun. Um, or go, go to like a, either watch something at home, like watch a comedy, like a watch Nate Bargatze, watch Nate Bargatze's comedy show on Netflix or like just find something that is specifically funny to just sit and laugh together. Like those things matter. Yeah, and we've learned that if you can have sideways fun, if you can have fun, <laughs> she's going to hate what I'm about to say. If you have side-by-side fun, it typically leads to belly button to belly button fun. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, speaking of that, the next point, stay pure, all right? So, um, hey, listen, we got to grow, grow the children's ministry somehow. So, um, no, but for real, it, it's really important to have fun together, and it's important to have side-by-side fun. And I want you to go do that. This week, make it a goal. This week, don't go tomorrow. Everywhere's booked already, all right? And it's going to be expensive. Go do something out of the box, fun, with your spouse. Go laugh. Just go enjoy being with each other. Y'all remember what that was like when you were dating? It's a little different when you get married, right? You got kids, you got extra stress. But go do something fun. We're going out of town next week. Not this coming week, next week. And we're going to just have some fun while we're out, too, and just... Enjoy being together without your kids. And for real, if you do need help with your kids, reach out to us. We'll get that figured out. But I want you to go have fun. Make that a goal. Do something fun with your spouse and go laugh. Go enjoy each other. I think it'd be fun. All right, stay pure. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13. It says, give honor to marriage. What does the word honor mean? All right, the word honor means to show value. So give your marriage value. How are you going to do that? By remaining faithful to one another in marriage, God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Now, we're coming on strong right now, okay? But seriously, your marriage is sacred. Your, your commitment that you made to each other is not just a ceremony that the world does. No, it is a ceremony between you and your spouse and God, God takes marriage very, very seriously. And so he's telling you, hey, the way you add value to this, the way you honor this, the way you honor the marriage bed is what it says, is that you keep it pure. You keep it pure. And let me tell you right now, there are so many more temptations now than there's ever been. And it's so easy to access stuff that you couldn't access years ago. And it's right in your pocket most of the time, right? And men, I just want to talk to you for a second, and even ladies, maybe some of you, is that includes stuff like pornography. That's stuff like, man, just don't watch the stuff on TV that's got a lot of crap in it, right? Like, we're going to keep our marriage pure. We're going to keep our marriage between me and my wife or me and my husband. Like, there's no other person in here. Like, I'm not going to go out and have an affair. I'm not inviting anyone else into this. This is something that's special between me and Stephanie. And this is something that's special that's between you and your spouse. And we're going to keep it pure. We're not going to let something get in there and, and, and make our marriage something less valuable than it is. And I want to encourage you, if you're in here and you struggle with pornography or you're, 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 uh, you're caught up right now and you've made some bad decisions, you might be in the middle of an affair, whatever it is, you're starting that relationship you shouldn't start and you're texting or met, whatever it is, let me encourage you to do something. Stop and fast forward the tape and go to the end of this. Like most of you are not thinking about that in the moment. You're thinking, this is awesome. I'm getting a rush. This person cares for me. I'm giving them attention or man, I'm really stressed. I got to release. You know, like you're, you're, you're doing this because of whatever reason, but you're not playing the tape forward. You play the tape forward, see how this thing ends. It will not end the way that you want it to or the way you think it's going to. 
It ends with a really terrible conversation you have to have with your family. It ends with getting caught. It ends with losing your marriage. It ends with losing your kids. It ends with you paying a lot of money when you start to go through a divorce because of all this. It ends in a way that's not the way that God designed it. That God wants you to have a healthy, healthy marriage. And maybe you're in here and your marriage is falling apart because of unfaithfulness or abuse or whatever because it wasn't pure. And I'm just, this is not a shameful place. But our hope is that, man, you can find some healing here. And maybe when you get married again, or maybe when you get married to the person, man, you're not going to have these problems anymore because you've decided we're going to stay pure. We're going to be committed to this thing together. All right? So stay pure. Work hard at it. Take drastic measures. Do whatever it takes. That's right. And the last one is never give up. This is great because this is when you get to decide to decide. Like you are deciding now that whenever anything happens, you've already decided that your marriage is worth fighting for. It's worth sticking around. It's worth trying. It's worth being faithful. It's worth all of those things. But you have to decide now that when your spouse lets you down or when the devil attacks or when somebody's unfaithful or when somebody hurts you, like you've decided this is worth fighting for. I'm going to stick it out. Because that, that's, that's the truth. God has made you one flesh. You are one. You're stuck together like glue. Like that, it is worth fighting for. You don't give up. That's right. That's why we titled the series From This Day Forward. God is a God of second chances. God is a God of healing. God is a God of restoration. God wants your marriage to be full. He wants your marriage to be right. He wants your marriage to be pure. And, and guess what? The good news is, is that from this day forward, it can be. Mm-hmm. When you make that decision that, hey, this matters to me. This matters to us. From this day forward, you can change. From this day forward, you can be pure. From this day forward, you can seek God. From this day forward, you can have some fun. From this day forward, you can fight fair. From this day forward, you can change and you can have the marriage that God has always wanted you to have. But it takes making the decision, like, are we going to do what it takes to make this marriage the best it can be? Man, from this day forward. Not worried about your past. I'm not worried about what you've done. You might need to work through some of that. You might need to go see some counseling. All that's great. But decide that from this day forward, we're going to have a healthy marriage. From this day forward, things are going to be better. From this day forward, we're going to pray every day. From this day forward, we're going to go serve together. From this day forward, we're going to make this marriage the best it could possibly be. But you have to make that decision now. So I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. I believe God wants to make some marriages in this place better. And if you're sitting next to your spouse, I want you to just grab your spouse by the hand for a second. And I want you just to take a second, even if your spouse isn't in here right now. I want you to take a few seconds and just pray over your spouse. Even if it's quietly, even if it's in your head, I'm gonna give you about 30 seconds to do that. Pray that God would bless them. Start right now.
come on, and Stephanie was just praying over me. I felt the Holy Spirit just drop this in me. Your marriage does not have to be your parents' marriage. You don't have to have the same story. You can break that tradition in your family of divorce, of hurt. That story is not your story. You can have a, you will have a blessed marriage in Jesus' name. I declare that over our marriages right now, God. Our marriages be blessed in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now for those that are struggling in their marriage. I pray that you would begin to bring hope up. That they start to see that, man, we're, we're in this together. We're not going to give up. Come on, in the quietness of this moment, no one moving around, all right? If you would be honest and say, hey, Clint, we're struggling. Would you just pray for me real quick? Would you just quickly slip your hand up, put it back down? No shame. Great. God, I pray for these marriages that are struggling. Sometimes it's hard to admit that we need help. It's hard to admit that we're struggling. But God, I pray that this is a room that's full of faith right now. It's full of hope. It's full of peace. It's full of restoration. God, I've seen what you can do to a marriage that's broken and hurting. God, I've seen you restore marriages. God, would you do it again? God, I pray that the marriages in Oasis Church even right now would be an example to how you have loved us. God, that we love sacrificially. God, that that we would wash each other's feet. God, that we would have that attitude. That Hey, we're gonna serve each other, God. I pray as the, the, the enemy tries to attack our marriages, now that we've talked about this and we know what we should do, the enemy's gonna attack. God, I pray against that in the name of Jesus. I pray that marriages in here would be strong, God, that we would love our spouse, that we would uh, seek you together, God, that we would fight fair, that we would have fun together, be pure. I pray we would never give up. And God, I pray for just restored relationships in this place, God. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, y'all give God a hand in this place.